Good evening, everyone, and welcome to this weekend interview. Thank you so much for tuning in uh, to tdnradio.net, or you might be viewing us on tdntv.net. If you are in Dominica, chances are you are listening to us on RVR Jam on DigiPlay Channel 59. Thank you once again for joining us. I am really looking forward to this conversation that we have tonight. We are going to be paying homage to uh, someone I think of as a friend, even if I never met him in real life, I think of him as a friend, um, Mr. Jerry George. So we're going to be um, talking about him some. And of course, he was uh, a journalist, uh, one of the premier journalists um, in, the, in the Caribbean who embraced the technology. And he left us just about a year ago. And so I, I invited his, his sidekick, I can call her that, Miss um, Beverly Sinclair. She, she was very um, present with him so many times during his broadcast. I invited her on, so she is my guest tonight on, on this speaking interview. And so my regular listeners, I think we're in for a treat. Might, might be somewhere in the beginning, but um, in the, we also want to discuss, if I have Beverly here with me, some of the activities that have been taking place in the region we, we, we look with interest on our people push back against government for trying to force um certain mandates on them regard covid um vaccine so we'll talk about that and some of the other things that have been happening in the region so so as not to take too much of the time i am actually going to go straight into what i do every night and play the carry command theme. and when we come back I am going to introduce you to my very special guest, and I uh, will be sharing a really interesting conversation with you. So stay right there. From many distant lands, our forefathers came, some seeking adventure, some bound in chains. Waged and fought through victory and pain by test of their courage, our freedom was gained in homage to those gone before us, the heroes of lands in the On building one Caribbean Raise your voice and high Sing of your Caribbean pride Sing it loud and strong Feel our hearts beat as one Celebrate in song As we rise to heights where we
back listeners and um thanks for staying with us every week i play the anthem and every week i enjoy the song i think it's a beautiful song and i think it augurs well for for our region and, and as i said so many people say that the only place that they hear the anthem is on this speaking interview and so i'm happy for that and sometimes they they, they heard it for the first time with us uh so my guest tonight is Miss Beverly Sinclair. Uh, Beverly uh, has been on the show with us before, uh, I think twice, and, and both times she was on, she was on with uh, Mr. Jerry George. Uh, and one of the reasons why I, I invited her back, um, apart from the fact that she's a, a very accomplished and award-winning journalist in her own right, is because she she was really a, a, a really part a journalist partner to, to Jerry George. And um, it's about one year ago he left us unexpectedly, suddenly, too soon, or whatever you want to describe it. And so it would, I thought it would be fitting um, to have someone who knew him so well um, come back and, and to talk about him, um, because I'm sure we will never um, forget him. So Beverly, welcome to this second interview. It, it is a pleasure to have you back on the show. Thank you for inviting me and very, very pleasant evening to all your viewers and listeners, wherever in the world they are. I'm very happy to share this little time with you. Sure. Um, before we, 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 we go into talking about your, your friend, your good friend, um jerry i i want you to, to just introduce yourself to to the audience um your work what you do and so on because of course we do pick up listeners all the time um, so there may be listeners who were not on um, with you as well you can also take the opportunity to introduce them to your own programs that you have and to tell them um where where they can um, listen to you and when they can listen to you sure thank you thank you anthony Okay, well, they already got my name. You would have heard my name if, even if you're just logged in or it's there on the screen, you'll see it. I have been involved in media, all forms of media, print, television, radio, online when that came on, of course, and I enjoy television broadcasting. I made it my career. Well, media in general, but I've spent many years in television. 
I have won several awards for work I've done in the media. I have been a judge for competitions in the media. And that is how I like to contribute. Jerry and I had sponsored an award for exceptional reporting across the region. We called it the Golden Conch Shell Award because regional reporting, I look at Anthony playing the CARICOM anthem. Regional reporting is something that I'm very, very passionate about. So we have a, I, I host a weekly program called MecroChat. It's live on Facebook on the MecroChat Facebook page. And I invite everyone to tune in Thursdays, eight o'clock. A group of us, we call ourselves the usual suspect. We gather from different places across the Caribbean and we discuss the issues that are affecting us all. I also continue to host the program, Time to Face the Facts. That's another regional program. It airs on GBN in Grenada. It airs on Caribbean across the region. And you can see some past episodes of that program on Bev Sinclair Communications YouTube channel. It's a channel I'm building, so but it's open, so you can go and see those programs. And in a nutshell, that's what I do in the media. I like to write. I write articles every now and then, which are published usually on my Facebook page and elsewhere. But I enjoy working in media. I love to talk about politics and social issues, and I love to engage and share with those who listen and follow. So thank you, Anthony, for that. Yeah, your, your passion, your passion shows um, through. So let us talk, let's talk about Jerry. Um, I don't know if you remember if you are able to share with us when you got introduced to him. Um, you know, just just in general, um, tell us about how you came to be collaborating with um, with Jerry and in the media. Jerry and I never really got introduced to each other, you know, because we both worked in the media we used to find ourselves at the same functions for many years during those years before we actually started working together it was just high and by wherever we saw each other anywhere in the region but he used to come to grenada grenada is where i live he used to come to grenada for the media award show every year and one year when he was there we just happened, I did an interview with a gentleman and he was there. <clears throat> and something he said to me coming out of that interview, and we started a conversation. And he said, he's been looking for a producer for a regional program. And if it's something I'd want to work with him on. And I say, that sounds like something I would want to do. And we talked about it and we said, yes, we're going to do it. So I asked him, so where are we going to broadcast it? And he said to me, there's only one regional station and that's Carvision. So we would use Carvision and build it out from there. And Anthony, I tell you something, we had that conversation in December. And after the, after the event was over, well, I didn't see him again, he left, he went, but we continued to talk about how we're going to make this program happen and what it's going to look like. Next thing you know, we were heading to Barbados. We met up again in Barbados, went to Caribbean, talked to them about the program. And that is just the genesis of how we got going and working together on Time to Face the Facts and several different programs after that. He was very, very easy to work with. 
because like myself, he never took things personal. So there are some people who are difficult to work with because you can't criticize their work. If they do something and you don't tell them it was an excellent job, as we <laughs> say in the Caribbean, they, fe they vex, face twist up. But Jerry was never like that. We would work together and if a program did not give what it was supposed to, and we, we say something about it, sometimes we, we argue bitterly about things sometimes, you know, answering, but you'd never see that come out on the other side of what we do. But we would have our, our, our debriefs and look at what we do and, and he would never ever take a criticism personal. And that is why it was so easy for us to work together because we could criticize each other's work and we finish, we talk, we move on. Nobody vex, no hard feelings. You're not holding a grudge. Nothing gets in the way of what we were doing. So that's kind of how we met and started working together. Never any, never any formal introduction. We just, we just evolved. And, and you just started. happened to be operating in, in the same space. Yes, absolutely. Right. So I got I got introduced to Jerry because somebody somebody told me about this regional journalist that has a program on, mm -hmm. and it was around the time when there was a video circulating about a a flag that was flying the Dominica flag, um, that was seen um, fueling an oil tanker. Um, in contra in contravention to the blockade on, on the Iranian whatever. And they said his name is Jerry the Judge. Jerry's number calling. And and I called Jerry and you would swear that we knew each other. Jerry spoke to me like somebody that he knew. Um, I never pretend to be a journalist or media person. I just happened to find myself hosting a program on, on the air. Um, Jerry, being a very accomplished journalist and well-known media person, never made me feel like, so who are you that want to interview me about this thing? Never. And he agreed to come on the show, and it, I think it was even short notice too. And he came on, and, and we, we had a very good conversation about the issue, and he came back on probably two or three times on this week in interview. And, and in between, we would, we would communicate, exchange a little taxi and there and I found him to be such uh, a generous individual but also a courageous individual that he wasn't afraid to to talk about things that were going on in the region and expressing his opinion about them and so even as somebody who consider myself to be maybe a budding or an aspiring media person in the Caribbean I think Jerry is a beacon I think of him as a beacon that um, somebody like me would want to emulate but, but I'm going to give you the opportunity to tell us more about Jerry, um, how, how you would describe him. I don't know if you have any particular um, memories or stories that you want to share. That can, the whole idea is to, is to give the audience an opportunity to remember him and, 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 to, and to learn a little more about him from somebody who, as I said, who worked with him so closely. Yeah. Jerry was... Well, I knew him from his work side. You know, we, we would go around the region together, do programs together, but it was always from, from that side. But I can tell you that if we ever set out on a project, it's going to get done. 
we we've had some serious challenges and that's another reason he was such a good person to work with it doesn't matter what challenge comes up we gotta find a way to solve it we have found ourselves in situations where two days before a live show as a matter of fact that inaugural time to face the facts show it, it nearly didn't happen but it happened because of the type of person jerry is and working alongside him we just recognized that it had to happen the show was set for the date to broadcast it's been advertised and everything put in place for it and then the production crew the technical crew that gets behind the work and ensure that it broadcasts oh gosh i can smile about it no <laughs> when it was happening i can tell you it wasn't funny when you have wow. a live show to do on a sunday and on the wednesday the technical crew calls you up and say um we can't do this we can't do this show you know They're like what oh some of the equipment that you're gonna need we don't have so we can't do it wow and we're like wow We've been talking about this for weeks and it's three days before you realize you don't have some of the equipment. Mm -hmm, anyway, mm -hmm. it is what it is. We're in Barbados. None of us had ever done a live show from Barbados before. So not familiar with the crews, with the, with the companies that would be available to do that kind of work. And between Wednesday and Friday, we had to find and we did find a production crew to work with. And then we had to complete all the work that had gone on before with the other production company, doing things down to even the graphics like you have on your screen, things like right. those which had been set up before. So much work. People who watch TV don't understand the amount of work that <laughs> going on, you know. You turn on the TV, sit down and watch it, and you just don't know the amount of work that goes on in the background. We had to complete all of that within the, with, well, not even the, not even the three days, then it went down to two, because the show is on Sunday and everything has to be in place. But we found this guy, Rivolino, and Rivolino was, he was great to work with. He was a real trooper. When we sit down and discussed with him everything that had to be done, and he looked and said all right i can do it <laughs> i mean it was like music playing that wednesday afternoon wednesday evening when we sat down and had that meeting with him it's all right i can do it and we got to work with him from thursday and we never stopped work with him after that anytime because i mean he's a real trooper and that was the kind of spirit i enjoyed that kind of thing with jerry we don't get up because it was wednesday ordinarily i know i know people in the production field who would get up the wednesday and say well it don't make sense again because we have to do this thing sunday today's wednesday we don't have a production crew just forget it but that was never part of the conversation at all it just had to be done there was no plan b and whenever challenges like those tough challenges like those came came up it's it's the kind of partnership where you know i've got your back and you have my back and anything that came up you know jerry and i we, we just work it all together and i could depend on him always there whatever is happening we're gonna find a way to to work it out and i i don't think i'll ever find a business partner like that again 
people because no two people are alike everyone is different and it, it was just it was just something that as i say just evolved and we, we did these programs and jerry had his early morning show early in the morning i would help him in producing that at times but that show it really took a lot to do that show every morning six o'clock every morning early in the morning and he did that for years before he passed away as a matter wow. of fact i don't know if there is anyone watching who does know that jerry and i were actually doing a program together the morning he passed away i i often appeared on his early in the morning show as a guest and the tuesday morning that he passed away i was on the program as a guest jerry introduced me and then he just said to me we were supposed to be having a conversation on the show as we usually do and he just said to me I'm going to step out of the frame. You go ahead. And he just never came back. That was he it. Never came back. That 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 must have been hard for you. Um, yeah. but but, it, but the consolation is that he he passed doing what he loved. Yes, he, yes. And yeah. if he could choose the way that he would go, I think that's exactly what he would have wanted to yes. be doing one of his programs that he loved, that was really dear to his heart. Also, and that is why we mm -hmm. encourage people to live your life doing what you love because right. life is really short, you know. Life is mm -hmm. really short. Jerry and I had a lot of plans to, to do a lot of things. <sighs> Some of them may still happen, but it will just not be the same. It will not be the same, right? Absolutely, it will not be the same. Yeah. No, he, had, he had a lot of fun. Martin, Martin, how can we forget? We all waited, wait for him to come back. Yep, um, that's Marceline. Yeah. Hi, Marceline. Yeah, Marceline was certainly one of the people who followed Jerry, and uh, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, we were all waiting. You know, I, I, I actually said when I came to the end of the show, I say, "Looks like my host has abandoned me." <laughs> <laughs> he left it, but I think he knows that he left it in good hands. Yeah. Uh, you know, because Jerry left Jerry left quite a void in in the Caribbean in terms of in the, in the media space mm -hmm. in the Caribbean. Mm -hmm. um, it's not that people have to duplicate people, but he, he probably will. It will probably be a long time before Jerry's presence can be replaced. Yeah, that media, is true. In the media space, that is true. He had a passion for information. Just like you say, you met him with that flag, that Dominica flag on, on the oil tanker, doing something that it should not have been doing. Jerry would pick up on things like these. They, they wouldn't pass him. If, if there's a Caribbean flag flying somewhere out there, Jerry's going to pick up on it, and somehow he's going to find the information and get the story behind it. That's just the way he worked. The whole citizenship by information citizenship citizenship by investment program in the caribbean it was one of those one area of his passion jerry would find all kind of people who have passports i mean people of ill repute who have passports from our various countries wherever they are he would find them he would get information on them and he would share that information 
as you say, he was a generous person when it comes to sharing information. He'd find out all of these things and he'd share it. He would go, he went after news with a gusto. He was right. hungry, always hungry and looking to find, find the news, find what is happening. You know, he was a thorn in the side of many people in St. Vincent, his home country because they couldn't get away from his eyes whatever they were doing <laughs> he would see them he would talk he would about them right yeah. and they would try so hard to discredit anything what he was saying but jerry would always ensure that he has his information before he starts to speak so he was a thorn in their sides and and his work it was just the type of work that you love to follow because it makes sense and I'm, I'm not making any apologies to my colleagues in the media. You see work done by media practitioners out there, Anthony, and it makes no sense. But when you looked at the work that Jerry did, it made sense. You could learn from it. You could share it with others. You pick up articles and watch reports, and sometimes you, you come to the end of it Crazy, and you're right? like... <laughs> what what yeah. what is this what's going on here even when i used to judge competition and i look at some of the pieces that were submitted i, I want to have a serious talk with the people who produce it but, you know as a judge you can't, you can't do that like come on people you're submitting something for judging when you're submitting something to be judged you expect to submit your best work put forward your best work please. exactly exactly you know yeah. But it's a it's a weakness in in the Caribbean in the media to have people who who do the work at a professional level at a high level, and there is so much politics injected in the media, especially in the Eastern Caribbean, that you you can hardly find a journalist who will stand up and just tell it as it is or do some investigation and just put the news out there always dancing to the beat of some drum and shortchanging the public that they need to serve so. and certainly and you can and you can see the demise of the of life in the region for the people of the region along you know it goes parallel to the to the deterioration of of the media and i know you're part of the space but i think you will agree with me that the the level of of journalism, the level of um, you know bringing out that message to the folks um, is not there. Jerry, Jerry, uh, and you, and and a few of the practitioners stands out. Um, unfortunately, we lost Leonard Linton from that case because he went into politics, but he was also one of those people who um, had great respect in in the media. I, I look at journalists in Dominica, um, and for example when the opposition is having a press conference they are so tough they ask questions and they follow up and and they go after it to gusto as you to use your word and then they they have a press conference with the prime minister who has a bigger onus of, of responsibility and accountability and they are just pansies and and babies and and they wait for him to recognize them and they, and, and pat them on their back or, or lay his hand on their head or set yeah. up his ring for them to keep. And and that is so that is so unfortunate in, in, in terms of that. Mm -hmm. So I mean we will talk a little more because we're coming up on a break in a little bit, but 
But that whole um, idea of the media as an institution in the Caribbean, who has that responsibility to really inform the public and to hold um, leaders accountable? I mean, when you look out on that landscape, as, a, as somebody who is part of the, um, part of the whole media, what, what, what do you think of it? Unfortunately, there is no one entity that can hold the media across the region responsible. Not one. Caribbean Association of Media Workers and the various other media associations, they are not, I would say, production production entities. They don't look at production and output and quality of work and that kind of thing. They, they are more like a club for journalists where journalists get together, uh, not, not a development center where you can become a part of learning and development as a media practitioner. These, organizes, these organizations should be having regular training and development sessions for journalists at every level. Uh, some people are in the industry for long and say, you know, you've been in it for 20 years, but you don't have 20 years experience because you have not grown and developed from right. year one. So you may have been there 20 years, but the story you're writing today, you're not writing it any better than you did maybe the first or second year you came into the business. So we need constant growth and development as media practitioners to keep on top of our craft and to keep the craft at a certain level. But there's no single entity to do that, Drigo. People are just media and media houses don't focus on that. So we have this weak structure, this weak house of journalists across the region. And, and that's unfortunate. So but we're pushing up on a break, Beverly. We're going to take mm -hmm. a quick word from the sponsors. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about the state of journalism um, and what maybe we can do to, to really improve the outlook because I think the, out, the, you know, the outcome of life in the region is, is intimately tied to, to a robust um, media, media, media space. So let's take a quick break and when we come back, we'll continue our conversation. Mm -hmm. Presented by Hi, have you always wanted to learn how to paint but felt that you didn't have the talent to try? Well, pick up that paintbrush and join me, Nicole Georges Bennett, for Art and the Word on TDNTV.net. Wednesdays at 10.30 a.m. with repeats on Saturdays at 1 p.m. Join me for an exploration through art appreciation and biblical inspiration on Art and the Word, tdntv.net. Wednesdays at 10.30 with repeats on Saturdays at 1 p.m. Let's paint. If you live in Canada, the U.S., and the U.K., and are looking for Dominica products including cocoa sticks, bay rum, coffee, soaps, crafts, and other popular Dominica items, then look no further. You can now shop on BuyDominicaOnline.com, a secure, easy-to-navigate website selling a wide variety of Dominica-made and Dominica-inspired products. When you shop on BuyDominicaOnline.com, you are helping to grow Dominica's economy. Go to BuyDominicaOnline.com and enjoy Home Away From Home. 
people say I've got a great smile. Well, I have to say, this is all thanks to the professional team at Beacon Dental Group right here in Dorchester, Massachusetts. I've got world-class dental care. Beacon Dental Group has expert and caring staff dedicated to providing the most advanced and satisfactory treatment in all aspects of oral health. Their services are designed to meet your needs and give you a perfect smile, too. General checkups, cosmetic surgery, Gemini laser service, and advanced procedures, all in a state-of-the-art facility. Call or visit Beacon Dental Group today, 1026 Blue Hill Avenue, Dorchester, Massachusetts, or call 617-282-2146 for a smile that lights the world. Social distancing means solidarity. Play your part to help control the spread of COVID-19 and keep yourself and others safe. Limit social gatherings. Avoid crowded areas like bars and restaurants. Keep three to six feet away from each other. We may have to stay apart, but we're all in this together. A message by the Health Promotion Unit of the Ministry of Health, Wellness and New Health Investment, Dominica. Welcome back. And um, of course, I always say that you can go check out Beacon Dental Group in Massachusetts and tell them you heard about it on this weekend interview and you'll be entitled to a free dental cleaning the first time you go there. So tell them I sent you and I said that they owe you a free dental cleaning. They are on Dorchester Ave in Massachusetts. Also, our, our sponsor by Dominica um, product. Check them out as well. Um, during COVID, so many people found their talent um, and entrepreneurship, and they started new ventures. And, and so there's an outlet where you can you can find so many of those products for sale. So check them out. Uh, so if you join us with my, my guest tonight on this speaking interview is Ms. Beverly Sinclair. Beverly is an award-winning journalist. Um, she lives in Grenada, uh, but, I, but I consider her to be more of a regional um, media person than, than any one island, just as her friend Jerry, as we spoke about. Jerry would talk about Dominica as if he was from Dominica, and then he would talk about Grenada as if he was from Grenada. Mm -hmm. and, and probably the place that he least spoke about, like uh, he's from St. Vincent. Um, so he was truly uh, a media person for the region, and Beverly, we think of you in the same in the same manner as well. Um, Beverly is the host of two um, uh, programs: one called Make We Talk, and the other one Make We Chat. Fact. Make We Chat, and, <laughs> and you're on Facebook Fact. And she's going to remind us as to when those programs are on, and you can catch her. She also has a YouTube channel that that you can um, also tune in to. So, Beverly, you know, we, we spoke about Jerry, spoke about the whole media um, space. Uh, I mean, is there more of a need for a more of a deliberate regional approach to, to media and communication and journalism? That, that isn't a question enough. That's a statement. There is need for a regional approach to media and journalism. Full stop. Okay. Uh -huh. <laughs> when you look at issues now across the Caribbean, we're in the midst of what is 
a global pandemic or what is called a global pandemic. It's something affecting all the islands, not even the prime ministers across the region, prime ministers and presidents have sat down together and agreed on a common approach. It's not even at that level. But at the level of the media, there should be a united approach to this and how we report on it and certainly how we disseminate the information out there. What I have seen happening is just the, the media repeating whatever the government within their country say. There is really no investigation going on, no reporting going on, no research going on. All you can hear about is what this Minister of Health say, what that Minister of Health say. There is nothing else. And you look at the media across the region and you can pick up any story from any island and it's the same. Just what is happening with the health authorities, nothing else. And I am not saying that those stories mm -hmm. are not to be covered, but if you are in the media, if you are in mainstream media, if you work for a government information service, fine, you have a different mandate. But if you are working in mainstream media, you cannot be out there just covering what the health minister say and not doing any other work as far as the pandemic, the vaccines, the illnesses, all the other stories related to that. You just can't. The only people who should be reporting only on what is happening with the government is the government information service. Everybody else have work to do. So, so every, basically, mainstream has been co-opted um, by the government to be part of the, the propaganda arm of the of the government. So well, I don't know if they have been co-opted in order to just take it upon themselves to do it. Hmm. Uh, and and that is another sad part of the media in the Caribbean. Mainstream people who work in what we call the mainstream media, that means they are not a government agency. They just don't seem to understand what their work is supposed to do and is supposed to be. They just they just ride the wave, Anthony, and, and they don't look back and even journalists within that space who try to do some work as in each island you will find one or maybe two never more than two journalists who will actually ask some questions and do some work and they are always vilified by their colleagues always and 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 the thing about it is that it is so sad and and this is not a criticism of of what i'm going to of the person that i'm going to talk about but after hurricane maria there's a young lady who used the initiative and she just went around the island as best as she could and took her cell phone and just pointed it at whatever she saw and spoke to whoever could speak to her and that was after hurricane maria everybody was thankful for that because it, there was just a void. There was no organized media that was doing that. Mm -hmm. And you know, today she is the biggest media um, agency or, or institution, if you want to call it that, in Dominica, MO News. That is how much of a void that there is. And I mean, while there's a there's a split for that in the space, 
social media and social interaction and so on. She's not a trained um, journalist. And so she should not be the person who's filling that void to, to, to provide the information. And she doesn't pretend to be that. But mm -hmm. I'm just saying that she has evolved to be the biggest media person in Dominica, MO News. She's a school teacher. And on mm -hmm. her spare time, she goes around and points her cell phone. Or she, I mean, she's grown a little bit to know she has cameras and she'll couple funerals and she, and sometimes there's more than one activity. So she sends somebody else. So she's grown into a, into a news media. Yes, I, I do follow organic. her news. I follow her news. Yeah. You know? And I say I have some comments here. Someone says, Jerry was who Caribbean journalists should have been looking up to. That's so right. true. They could have learned a lot from him. And talking about the poor quality of the of the work that goes out, he says, and some of them, some of those who work in the media, have the title of editor. And you wonder, how could you publish this? <laughs> if you're exactly. an editor, how could you publish this? You know? mm -hmm. and, and he says again, more like they're laid back and lazy. There was a media house in Dominica whose news producers used to literally copy DBS radio news. Yes, there are news. Yeah. Yes, there are several elements that cause the type of type of low level journalism we have today. And at the top of that is the fact that many media houses do not invest in training do not care about the quality of the news or other productions that go out their focus and their mandate is just to be a business but not to be a media business so it's treated different and that is so it's not just one area of pressure that the media comes under we're talking about mainstream media here it's not just one area of pressure there are a lot of pressure points for the media today. But mm -hmm. in the midst of it all, you, you as an individual have to care about the type of work that you do. So if you know that your media house does not have an editor or the person who wears the title of editor know that they are not truly an editor, you have to take, find some way to get your work done properly. I am not, me personally, I'm not going to allow my name to go out to be associated with certain things. Never. Because I take pride in my work. Nobody used to look at something and say, Beverly Sinclair produced that, she do that. So you have to take personal pride in your work. You have right. to want to be associated with quality. But if you don't care about your work and anything that goes out here is just anything, then you will not try to develop. You cannot, you cannot give up your development to somebody else, your personal development, that is. You just can't. If you care about what you do, you are going to put some pride in your work. You are going to make some effort to ensure that you get a story properly done or you get a production properly done. You're not going to sit down and wait on anybody else to do it. And I can say that from experience, if you care about your work, if you take pride in your work, you'll do it better. You will. But certainly. And, and the thing about it is that isn't there supposed to be like a school of is there a school of journalism that's attaching to the University of the West Indies? Is there? The Unity the, the UWI has the has Carimac, which is the media media arm of the university. And 
a lot of the young people today, even some of those working in the media, are graduates of Caramac. They have a bachelor's in media and communications. But I can't say I know what they teach in Caramac today. I know that when I did journalism with UA, you had practical courses that you had to do. I, I think they still do practical with Caramac today. That much mm. I believe they still do. But we used to do, we had a program called Fundamentals of English that is not there anymore. It doesn't seem to be there, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. So people going into Karamat now are not taught or, or don't have a working association with the language that they do their reports in. And I was really shocked a few years ago when I learned that they had dropped that module from, from the course. And I'm like, really? Fundamentals of English? Well, that explains a lot. It really explains <laughs> a lot. And it really when explains I, what you see, yeah. Yeah, when I asked the head of Caramac about it, his response was that people coming in to do that course, you they are supposed to be um, qualified in English already at a certain level. I said, but they are not. Obviously, they are not. When I when I when I did my my journalism course with you, nobody asked me anything about English. It was just a part of the course, and you had to do it. And every single exactly. thing you did, I think English alone was about 40% of your grade. Right, because you're going to be reporting in English. And and if yeah. his point is that they're supposed to be already trained in English and they are not, they should not successfully go be able to go through the program. Exactly so. You know, so... so, so, so so that's another, <laughs> yeah, that's another area that needs attention. And we are doing our young people a disservice when we do not train them properly. When the university becomes a business as well, rather than a training ground for and young people. Training ground. And, and that is something we need to fix that. We need to fix that when, too. When I started hosting this program, um, I actually sought out some training. Uh, there's this, there's this um, media person who's a graduate of Columbia University, and he has an evening program that he calls Guerrilla, Guerrilla Journalism, Mr. Uh, Milton Alimadi. He's written books and, and so on. And I used to, I, for about six months, I would go once a week and sit, and he would, he used to run his class where he would take articles from the, from the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, or whoever, and have us dissect it and, and show us different aspects of the reporting that we should be looking out for if we want it to be reported and so on. And, and, and so I think even from that point of view, the actual individual, if, if you say that you want to be in the media space, you, you should be able to find, especially the internet out there, you should be able to find material that that you can improve the, the quality because i'm sure as a as a media person you carry and sometimes you cringe when you when you read and you consume of course, of there as, as course I, do. I cringe indeed anthony i do because information is out there if you can't go to a formal school at this time we have the open university and the open university is a real university you can go to the Open University and get several courses for free that you can do. You get a certificate at the end of the course. 
so you and they offer so much and 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 qualification and certification from the open university it's recognized internationally so right. people who care about their personal development they find ways to do it you don't leave that up to other people you take pride in yourself That's and your work you to do yeah. and your work if you take pride in yourself you will take pride in your work so, so baby, i wanted to ask you about the covid um vaccine and the whole activity that's going on we see protests in barbados we see protests in st vincent um you know drive bombs are getting a stone <laughs> um that, that's another we, story we see we see we see protests in antigua can you can you you know shed a little bit of light as to the atmosphere that in the region surrounding this whole COVID and vaccine mandate and pushback from the people and so on what what are you seeing from your vantage point what i see are some prime ministers who just like to overreach that's what i see of all those that I've seen and observed, I think the Prime Minister of Jamaica has handled it the best so far. Prime Minister of Jamaica has said that his government will not seek to make vaccination mandatory because it could not pass the constitution test. That was his word. And he said, furthermore, it would cause civil unrest, as we have seen in other countries. And it doesn't make sense to put the country through that. And I think that's a very sensible position to take. Right. Now you, now you have other prime ministers in the Eastern Caribbean. St. Vincent that has rushed the law, passed a law three o'clock in the morning. I don't know if it's because Prime Minister Gonzalez used to tease and say COVID must be Nicodemus when other purple people were having curfew. So because COVID, COVID is Nicodemus, you have to pass the law at 3 o'clock in the morning. Pass it at night. <laughs> pass it at night, no? <laughs> <You know? laughs> to, to, and to make vaccination mandatory in St. Vincent, when you have a huge portion of your country out there protesting against it, you don't even listen to the people, you don't engage them, you don't say, okay, let's hold back on this and hear what these people have to say and give some voice you are elected to represent the people so you can't yes you are given a mandate to manage the affairs of the country but you manage it on behalf of the people right. so if you get up to do something and the people say nah we don't like that it is your place to stop and listen to them and say okay let's pull back a bit and take it under control but there is no evidence that the, the authorities in St. Vincent are trying to cool down the situation. In Grenada, the government has stepped back from it and said, we are not going to make any law to mandate the vaccine, but the employers can do whatever they want in relation to their business place. So they have played pilot in this one, wash their hand of the situation and leave it up to other people to deal with. In Guadeloupe, there was a massive march against mandatory vaccination. And I'm sure many people would have seen what happened in Antigua, where it came down to tear gas and all of that, you know, all of that situation against the people. 
and this is what has been happening across the region in St. Kitts and in Grenada as well. People have been given letters by employers saying, go home, don't come back until you're vaccinated and they're not being paid. The question is being asked, are these people terminated because they're not being paid and they're told don't come back to work until your vaccination status change? There are so many issues that have come up surrounding constitutions, people write in St. Vincent, no, this law which has been passed takes it to the extent that if you go to your doctor and your doctor says for medical reason you should not take the vaccine, you have to bring that to the chief medical officer who will decide if that is accepted or not. Wow. No, <laughs> no. How can a CMO who knows nothing about your health history suddenly decide if what your doctor says is valid or not? And those are the kinds of things that people are protesting against. But does the prime minister and the rest of the people in authority choose to listen? No. They're not but, listening. But what is driving that hard push for mandatory vaccines? I mean, I would like to know that myself. I would love to know what is driving it because the, the the prevailing argument is that get vaccinated and we can get back to what whatever normal. I'm still questioning what is this normal that you want to get back to? Because things were not so rosy before COVID, you know, it was just a different kind <laughs> of uh, a rocky road. And right. now that we are in this situation, we have to physical distance, mask, sanitize. And we're saying, get vaccinated. When a certain percentage of the population is vaccinated, we can get back to normal. But you ask the question, will we stop wearing masks? Will we stop social distance? And nobody has definitive answers to those questions. While the vaccination process now is very, it's at its peak. The drive is on right now to get people vaccinated. Everyone knows that you still have to wear your mask and you still have to physical distance because the vaccine does not protect against getting and shedding. It just protects against getting sick. That's what the science says. So I don't know. And I would love to find the answers as well to why, 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 why? Is it just to get back to normal as, as the narrative is? What is this normal we're pushing to get back to? So and vaccinated at any cost. That that at, that makes at any no cost. Sense. At any cost. Yeah. You know. People, even even when you say that your doctor is telling you that the vaccine might have an adverse impact on you, that is not enough. Yeah, you know, and if that is not enough, if you can't get a medical exemption. There are drugs that people cannot take for medical reasons. There are lots of things people cannot do for medical reasons. And if your medical practitioner, your personal medical practitioner, with the knowledge that he has about these emergency use vaccines, says to you, based on your condition, I don't think you should risk it. And you tell that to the authorities and they're going to say, your doctor don't know what you're talking about. You know? <laughs> Your doctor has been treating you for many years, don't know what he's talking about or what she's talking about, go and take the vaccine. Now, when, when you get to the point where you have no respect for that, then we are, we are in some serious problems. We're in very, very murky waters. As you're telling and you, 
no the, the arguments are out there about violating people's rights and all of that. But right now you're telling me I don't even have a right to be sick. The only right I have is the right to die because I can take this vaccine and die based on my medical condition. So you're giving me the right to die, but I don't have the right to be sick. Right. So uh, it, 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 you know, it, it's difficult to, to, to swallow because there's not so much of a pushback against the vaccine that much in the region that I get. People are more opposing the fact that you tell them they have to take it, uh, no matter what and at any cost. I think, again, the Caribbean, the government are suffering from the, the situation where they allow the media, they allow journalism to deteriorate because otherwise they would have an institution that people trust. And they would be able to go, they would have reporters who were with the assault and who were respected, and they could sit in a press conference and it would come back out and reporters would be able to write a story, write an op-ed, and convince the people that, you know, this is the reason why you should take the vaccine and, and therefore get many more people to take the vaccine rather than trying to use a big stick. Mm -hmm. Absolutely so. But that's another institution, the institution of media, which is suffering from various kind various types of paralysis and not right. able to function as it should and victimization hmm. so, any, it, it, a lot of victimization right yeah yeah you know because when uh, things happen that make you ask questions that mm. really make you wonder things happen so you see it and then you hear people talk about it and the, and what you hear and what you see kind of seem to match, you know. They say, boy, you know, we, in the absence of any other information, in the absence of any explanation, this thing looks like is really so. Yeah. And, 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 and so you tend to, to have a model, especially now where there's so much talk about fake news. And, and everybody has a pulpit because they have access to Facebook and they have access to the internet. Mm -hmm. and, and so the, the public is left in a quandary. They don't know what are the trusted sources of information. So as we, as we come to the close of our conversation, it's always, always too short. Um, we have to invite you back. First, I want you to remind folks as to where they can catch you on your programs and, and so on. Okay. MechoChat is live on the MechoChat Facebook page, 8 p.m. Eastern Caribbean time every Thursday. And we have a group of people, not all journalists, not necessarily journalists, just people who want to share information, ideas, suggestions on things that's happening across the Caribbean. So we get together there every Thursday, 8 p.m. on the MechoChat Facebook page. So you can all log on and join us there tomorrow evening, as a matter of fact. Okay. And Time to Face the Facts is aired on GBN in Grenada. That's 8.30 or, or 8.30 is the scheduled times. But depending on GBN's programming, it may run a little bit late. So if you're tuning at 8.30 and the program isn't on, you can come back and look for it maybe in another on what day? On what day of the week? GBN, GBN, GBN has is live online. You can catch them live online. Okay. GBN.gd okay. slash live 
dash television. But if you okay. right, so it's gbn.gd slash live dash television. And you, and you are able time. to get GBN TV live online at that link. So the program is on between, it starts between 8.30 and 9. And it goes on for a couple of hours. So you can catch it on GBN on Sunday evenings at Sunday. that link. Okay. Yes, Sunday okay. evenings at that link. So that is where okay. you can find Time to Face the Facts. And you can check out my YouTube channel, Bev Sinclair Communications. And you can see episodes of Time to Face the Facts. Some of the old episodes with Jerry are also there. So you could look at those. Okay. And you also describe yourself as a business communication manager. So is that somebody who consults? Do you do consulting work for business and, and so on in terms of their um, communication? Yes. Communication is a skill. And mm -hmm. it's a skill that many businesses all businesses need to have proper communication skills within their operations so yes i do offer my services to businesses to help them plan out a communication strategy which is best for them and you know sometimes work along with the marketing department to put in place a kind of marketing communication strategy depending on the needs of that business and then you may have individuals who want to present themselves in a certain way, protect themselves from certain things, or just to put out some fires, and communication skills are needed there. It's a very, very important skill, and it is misused a lot, especially when you come across folks who just don't understand it. But yes, communication skills, if you need it, get it from the professionals. Don't think you so can... How do it's not so how do people contact you how do people contact you if, they, if there's a need a business or an individual who has need hard need for your skills and services i am available on whatsapp my whatsapp number is one four seven three four one seven three four six seven that's my whatsapp number or send can me you, can you say it again four seven three Four one seven. Four one seven. I'm sorry. I'm three, three, four, six, three, four, seven. Six. Right. Or it's, you can. Hold on a second. Don't go too quick. Four seven three is area code, and then mm -hmm. four one seven thirty four sixty seven. Right. Okay. Right. Uh -huh. So I can be reached via WhatsApp there, or send me an email at Caribbean Information Hub. Caribbean Information Hub at gmail.com. Folks, you can check it out. Um, Beverly Sinclair, uh, media professional in the region, very versed and mm -hmm. very experienced in, in the communication space in the media. You can, you can catch her shows um, on a weekly basis. You can check out her YouTube page. Mm -hmm. And if you have your business, you're an entrepreneur, you have a business, um, larger businesses as well because we know that the, the pr the whole space of how businesses communicate is changing and also um you will all, so you can you can contact her via whatsapp on the number that's posted you can contact us at tdn we will we will put you in touch with her beverly I, I want to i really want to thank you so much for making the time to spend the hour so with me tonight 
Um, I really appreciate it. I thank you for sharing some of your memory with Jerry because a lot of our mm -hmm. audience were also part of Jerry's audience as well. Mm -hmm. And so they, they're expressing their gratitude um, in, in you paying homage to, to Jerry. So I thank you for that. And, and I wish you all the best. I want you to come back. Um, maybe we can talk a little bit more about, uh, you know, the, the COVID um, vaccine situation, mm -hmm. um, maybe the whole healthcare um, in this um, situation in the Caribbean in general. Um, and any other topic that, that of interest, we, I would certainly love to have you back on the program. Absolutely, Anthony. Whenever you're ready, just, you know, to find me, you just let me know. And certainly. I will make myself available. All right. Awesome. And maybe next time I'm in Grenada, I'll come look you up. Yes, man. I, I was in Grenada the year before COVID, um, the year before COVID really started shutting things down. Mm -hmm. um, I was there for about a week. So that was my last vacation out of, out of the U.S. Actually. Okay. okay. So all the best. And, and Thank you. Precious and, and, and Godspeed. Yes, and you too and all your listeners and viewers, stay safe. God bless. Until next time. All right. Thank you so much, listeners. Um, thank you for joining us, everyone. Uh, you know, uh, Beverly is, is a seasoned professional, and I really wanted to go to her. We see a lot of stuff happening with COVID. Um, she want, I wanted to give us a little bit of perspective on that. And, of course, um, she did so much work with Jerry. And as I said, Jerry was so generous with me and so gracious, uh, always open and ready to come on the program when I invited him. And uh, even if it's a year, we're still shocked and not yet used to the fact that he's transitioned um, to the other world. So listen, let's stay safe as we hear uh, the COVID um, is, is mutating into different strains and, and you know, just be careful whatever your decision about the vaccine, whether you decide to take it or not to take it, exercise your your decision based on the information that you have. And whether you have the vaccine or not, continue to exercise caution. There's one thing that we know works. We know masks, sanitizing, social distancing works because this time last year when New York City, where I live, outside every major hospital had several refrigerated trucks and containers to take dead people, and people were dying by the thousands. There was no vaccine and no, you know, fully recognized medication. New York City was able, through social distancing and practicing good hygiene, was able to take those numbers down from thousands of deaths a day to one or two. So we know that works. So in the meantime, that everybody is trying to find what works and what doesn't work and whether you take the vaccine or not, all I would say is continue to, to, to wear your face mask, continue to sanitize. Um, when you go to get gas, try to have gloves so that you can hold the pump with gloves because you don't know who did it before. If you, if you go to open a door, use a tissue to hold the doorknob. If not, as soon as possible, sanitize your hands um develop the habit of not really touching your face too much you know all of those things if somebody is speaking to you stand a little distance away because now we know that even in normal conversation we spray all kinds of stuff on each other so just just exercise common you know sense 
And just if we really need you, really need you um, to be around for much longer. Uh, I understood that, um, and I forgot to ask Beverly about that, that Via Bird of Antigua uh, passed away a couple days ago. Also, we had the, um, those of you from Dominica and I'm familiar with the first serenade band, the bassist, um, Archie, they call him, um, passed on. And CDN is planning a, a special program to talk about that. And there's just so much going on. Um, we just keep track of what's happening. At CDN, we, we try to be the stable voice and to bring you um, news and information in, in the best and most factual way that we know how. And, and so I appreciate you coming back every, every week to spend Wednesday or so with me. So good night, listeners, and thank you to Beverly again for making the time. Thank you to my producers and staff. Um, I see um, the producers of Redemption Road is starting to um, advertise that Redemption Road, the new season of Redemption Road is coming. And for all of you who have businesses out there, you have products that you, that you want to expose, um, just bear in mind that Redemption Road, Radio Drama Series, Redemption Road, um, get tens of thousands of, um, of listeners, listeners of views in the season. So it'll be a good chance for you to get your product out there in front of a much larger audience. Um, so contact us and we can work it out and see how we can give you a little bit more exposure. So good night, every listeners. I enjoyed the program. We miss our dear friend, um, Jerry. Um, we continue to rest in peace. Good night, listeners.